said, it's so powerful. It's so strong. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and she said, you're doing it. You're doing it. That's exactly you're praying. Right. Welcome and thank you for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Maryville, Tennessee. You can always find more information at our website at vineyardchurch.us. In today's episode, Aaron has a great conversation with Phyllis Major about her recent healing. We'll also hear more about what God is doing in our youth ministry from Lily Johnson and Sharon McCarter. But first, here's a conversation from Sharon and Aaron wrapping up the Live No Lie series. Thanks for joining us. Okay, folks, well, I'm here with Sharon again, and uh, we're going to take a minute here to talk about how, uh, unbelievably, the Live No Lie series is over um, after, uh, I mean, at least to my view, four short weeks. Um, <laughs> it was my original plan, and you know this, Sharon, because I, I was bemoaning to you about it one afternoon on our back porch. Um, I wanted this to be seven weeks minimum, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and there was talk of ten, <laughs> but we at least at least seven, and then we ended up at four because there were a lot of things that we wanted to fit into the fall that wasn't going to fit into the fall unless we cut this thing all the way down. There's always a chance for a part two or next spring or to be continued. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I just think it's so good. I'm with you. It's so good. It is so good, but you know, in a way, um, it worked well to be shorter because even though the book is just loaded with so much content, um, the premise of the book is actually really, really simple, which yeah. is that we live lies and the enemy has a, a clear three-step process um, for how to get us entrapped in those lies and how to live them out. Yeah, at first I thought, um, that's going to be so weird. Everyone's going to know you're just preaching out of a book, like you're just doing a book summary. And then mm-hmm. when you're reading the book, you realize there's so much there. It's so good. So um, mm-hmm. the book is absolutely worth the read um, over and over again. Like even if you listen to the sermons or the podcast, still get that book, which most of you have. We, we oh, man. kept running out of books. Sold out, and then we sold out, and then we sold yeah, out. Yeah, which is and, great. So and then I, I told Amy, don't buy any more books. You just have to go on Amazon. It's fine. <laughs> That's where we find them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the whole series has been so good um, about how, yeah, it's not so much that we even um, tell lies, but it's that we believe them and that we mm-hmm. live them and how, you know, at first, like, there's just deceptive ideas that um, the devil really does sort of place out into the world, even in our own minds and our hearts. Um, and then that uh, plays to our disordered desires, which is like everything our flesh wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, well, that de- I kind of like that deceptive idea because my flesh actually kind of likes that. Or even wants though it's that clearly a horrible idea. Clearly a horrible I'm idea. I'm still drawn to that but horrible like, oh. idea deep <laughs> like, within. <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and then that gets normalized in our sinful society, which is the world. Um, right. So like, you well, think, I have this horrible idea. Yeah. I'm strangely drawn to this idea. Yes. Am I crazy? Then you look to the world around you and the world goes, no, you're not this crazy. That's exactly what yeah. you should do. Absolutely. I it's mean, simple strategy. <laughs> simple strategy. I mean, one of the best examples is, you know, just sexual ethics or, you know, mm-hmm. even just sex before marriage. And I brought that out, you know, at, mm-hmm. at youth group, you know, we're fresh back, you know, this fall. And I'm like, okay, we're just... 
we're going to talk about it right away. We started talking about, you know, <laughs> premarital sex and, and in the light of this and how it's like, yeah, this is the devil putting this idea in our minds. And of course, our flesh is like, well, I don't really want to wait. And the world right. is like, yeah, why wait? That's crazy. Well, I mean, I had students like they were rolling in laughter or they're like, we haven't even talked about this in school yet. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, guys, it's the, the concept is there. <laughs> this is all in the Bible. Yeah. Um, and talk about being students. normalized in, a, in the broader society. Oh, yeah. People are like... They don't even know abstinence is a thing <laughs> or I'm going to wait right. till I'm married. What? what? That sounds I, what? crazy. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, it turns out. Yeah. Like maybe this was it's like, how do we know if we're going to be sexually compatible? It's like, well, it's I may just have mentioned that a youth group and basic they were human biology, dying guys. laughing, dying yeah. laughing. Yeah. So anyways, it's just been, when you give some good examples like that, uh-huh. it is like, oh yeah, this is. Yeah, it's a, that's exactly what's happening here. And the thing is, is that Satan has had the same strategy since day one. Like yep. since since the fall in Genesis, the same strategy. So it's yep. the same thing over and over again. And it still works. And darn it, it still works on me. Absolutely. And I know better. Yeah. And knowing better is not doing better. And that yep. drives me nuts. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was nice in the sense that, you know, we could do it in four weeks because the premise was so simple. But there's so much content that I just didn't even get to. I didn't even get to touch, as oh, you know, because you've read the book. I'm sure. Um, lots of content. If you have the book, read the book. Read if the you book. don't have the book, buy the book. Read the book. Um, but I will say, if we had gone seven weeks, this is what I would have done. We'd have kept the intro, the intro, and then we would have spent two weeks on the devil, two weeks on the flesh, and two weeks on the world. And uh, that first week on the devil would have been the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, all three of the or these messages, the last three, um, we we looked at spiritual pra- practices that John Mark Comer highlights in his book as means that we can push back against the enemy's plans. And I would have loved to have spent a week oh, on yeah. on those spiritual practices because I ended up basically, all right, David's going to call up, you know, David's going to come on up and help us wrap up. And uh, by the way, here's two spiritual practices. Right. And man, to give those an, an entire message would have been great. Yeah. So uh, for uh, to overcome and help push back against the lies of the enemy, we combat that with prayer and we combat that with scripture, which is basically setting aside time and space for the Lord to correct the lies through the means that he has given us, which is our, our fellowship and our interaction with him through prayer and then through the word of God, which is supposed to be the final arbiter on all issues and have mm-hmm. say in these things. Like, this is a clear and deliberate way that has been carved out for us in by in in scripture for us to be able to uh, recognize the lies as lies. Yeah. Um, and then for the flesh, um, there's the these elements of confession and fasting. Confession because you break the power of the secret, mm-hmm. um, which is really really powerful. And and people are so hesitant to confess about their fleshly desires, their appetites, their lust, because those things are, you know, maybe they carry a little marker of shame in our society, but the fact is they're universal appetites <laughs> that everybody has. Right. And when you break the power of the secret, you realize you're not alone. You've got somebody to hold you accountable and you work. So confession's really powerful. And then the other one, which I, I would have, lo- believe it or not, I would have loved to talk about for a long time is fasting, hmm. which is a way to make it clear, like you are demonstrating to yourself, I do not have to follow every desire, every appetite of the flesh. 
and something as just basic as food to say, mm-hmm. okay, my body, and there's nothing wrong with the fact that I'm hungry or I want food, right. but I actually do have a choice and I can choose to put appetites under control. Yeah. And then there are other, of course, spiritual aspects of fasting that are really powerful, but just demonstrating that you don't have to succumb <laughs> to your flesh right. is this really powerful spiritual exercise. Yeah. And then in the in the the third of of the three uh, and the fourth message where we talked about the impact of of the world reinforcing these ideas around us and there's a whole culture that we're that is just saturated in these lies um, and such an important counter is to be meaningfully involved in the life of a church hmm. and to surround yourself with a different culture yeah. a, a subculture but that's okay like to be truly um, just deeply embedded in people who speak truth and point out lies and will say, no, that's not true. And this is true. And no, this is what freedom really looks like, feels like, and is. Um, and so I would have loved to have spent a whole sermon talking about guys get meaningfully involved in the life of the church. And it's not, but honestly, it's not because I'm a preacher and I lead a church. <laughs> it's because I want people to be free. And if, and that means you have to have some sort of, some sort of counter measure, some sort of counterweight to just the constant bombardment of lies that we're getting from the broader society. Well, we get to curate our voices. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Like, there's so many Sundays where I'm just always in awe of how much I needed this. You know, Uh it's like, oh man, like, I I needed this. I needed to hear the truth. I needed to hear the songs of Christ even just wash over me today. Because we do, we get so affected by the world around us that it's like we it's very centering and very anchoring to come back and it's like this is the truth this is my community um and it's incredibly encouraging and and we're just fooling ourselves so we're like if we think we don't need that yeah that's yeah. right that's right well it's been a good series onward to the next one pun intended and yeah. uh yeah again one last cry if you haven't finished reading the book work your way through the book it's worth it yeah thanks Sharon. Hey folks, I am here with my friend Phyllis Major, and uh, Phyllis, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. My pleasure. Um, I want to tell you guys a way that you can enjoy our church more. I'm assuming most of the people who listen to this podcast are people who attend our church, and I'm going to tell you how to enjoy church more. Here's what you do. Number one, you have to come to the early service, so I think I probably already lost some of you. But this is going to stick with me. This is going to be worth it. You're going to come to the early service. Second thing you're going to do, this is even harder. You're going to come early to the early service. Okay? And then you're going to walk in the sanctuary. It'll be mostly empty because you're early for an early service. As soon as you walk in, you're going to hang a hard right. And then you're going to turn a left when you get down, go down the aisle. And within a couple of aisles, you're going to find Phyllis. And Phyllis is going to be smiling from ear to ear, and she's going to say something encouraging, and she's uh, going to say something that is bursting with faith, and it's going to make your day better. I'm, uh, this, is, this is the Aaron McCarter guarantee. This is how you enjoy church more, is you get to know Phyllis Major. What do you think, Phyllis? Is that a good strategy? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you don't deny it. <laughs> Uh, for years and years, uh, that's been part of my routine, is I, I get to church early. Obviously, it's my job to be here early. Um, and then I 
work, you know, you do it the pastor job, Phyllis. You work around and you say hi to people. And then I go to your section and it's not just you. It's your, it's that whole section. It's a whole, whole group section. of people who we sit have, around. We have a little family. I know it is a little family. And people, anybody from the outside looking in, they might go, oh, well, that's good. The pastor's going over there to greet those people. And that is not what's happening. I'm going over there to get greeted by those people. (laughs) I'm over there to hug Phyllis, to be encouraged by Joe. I mean, I'm just the whole group. They're going to say something nice and encouraging because the truth is, on Sundays, sometimes I'm a little all over the place. Sometimes a little scattered. Sometimes I'm a little anxious. Sometimes I'm thinking, I'm not sure. I still haven't worked out this illustration and the message. I don't know if it's going to work. And I'm, and man, you guys just going to that section before church, just it just makes it more fun for me. So thank you for all those years of smiles and hugs and, <laughs> and good mornings. They're more powerful than you know. Um, so a few, I don't know, it's been a couple of months now uh, ago now, I suppose, but in the uh, middle of our service, uh, the Lord spoke to Chris Carpenter and challenged his heart and, and led that there was going to maybe be some healing happening. So we hit pause and sought the Holy Spirit for a bit. And Phyllis, that's where uh, part of your testimony uh, jumps in. So why don't you tell us how you experienced that day? Excuse me. You asked that anyone who had a migraine or... Mm-hmm. a headache or something um would raise their hand yeah and the the people around them would pray for them mm-hmm. and being in the back row i was looking ahead and all of a sudden i saw everybody gravitate to this one woman that was in our row uh-huh. and i went over and i i didn't actually lay hands on her mm-hmm. um I think it was Joe that was in front of me, and then there was another person here, Mm -hmm. and I started to pray. Now, I had walked into church barely walking. My Mm -hmm. hips were in. I could hardly walk when I walked in. Yeah. And after praying for this lady, um, and, and it... I I can't say that I felt any miraculous feeling Mm -hmm. or flow. Yeah. Um, I felt different, but I thought, well, you know, I'm, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And when we finished and I went back and I walked back to my seat and I'm going, wow, my (laughs) hips don't hurt. Yeah. My, my hips don't hurt. (laughs) And I started bouncing up and down and it's like, Ah, oh, they're going to throw me out. No. <laughs> um, and then you asked for us to come up after service. And it was almost a run. I, it was... <laughs> from barely walking in? To, from barely to walking in running. to running down to, to just to share. Yeah. And it was... I've experienced healing before, mm-hmm. but not this quick. Yeah. Sometimes it is slow. Sometimes it's gradual. But this was instant. This was instant. How exciting. Yeah, and one of the things that stands out to me is, you know, sometimes I think we are waiting. I use the language usually sarcastically. We're waiting to get zapped. or, And I don't really mean it sarcastically because I've been zapped. I mean, <laughs> I've experienced, and I think you have too, uh, so much of the presence of the Lord that I was, that's enough. Thank you. I don't think I can take any more. <laughs> and I think... And that's real and good, but I think a lot of times people are thinking, I didn't really encounter the Holy Spirit unless it's like that. But 
according to your story, hey, I, you didn't get zapped. You didn't get overwhelmed. You didn't no. get blown to, blown away. Your fuses didn't blast. None of that. But you did get healed. <laughs> in, in none of my healings have I been zapped. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Mm. And I sobered up in November 2nd, 1977. Oh, wow. Um, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's coming up on 45 years. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom had died the year before mm. of alcoholism mm. and oh, I grew so up in a my very goodness. Catholic home you know mm -hmm. good Catholic home where my dad was a child molester and my mm -hmm. mother was an alcoholic oh no and um I had a lot of garbage that I was carrying around with me yeah and people have asked me well how did you how did you get sober mm. and how did you find God and it was through the bottle, through the end of a bottle. Really? It, it really was. It was um, my husband's retired military, mm -hmm. and we were stationed in Italy at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I was doing, the ship went out, and, you know, everybody left, and so the wives had to take care of what was going on. So I was doing some Little League baseball mm -hmm. coaching and drinking and coaching and drinking mm. and I finally came to the conclusion that I thought I was becoming an alcoholic mm. and I went to the chaplain yeah and told him and he said um there's one other admitting alcoholic in the community and she happened to just move here a week ago wow Okay. And later on, I found out that she just happened <laughs> to move across the street from me. Oh, wow. And You're saying happened like you don't necessarily buy it as a coincidence. I, <laughs> I knew about Jesus and I knew about God, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until down the road a while that I realized that it was, this was just, his providence. Ordained. Yeah. He never gets the address wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, through through going to AA mm -hmm. and admitting that there was a power greater than myself. Yeah. And that power could restore me to sanity. Mm -hmm. I came to know Jesus because yeah. she happened to be a Christian <laughs> again uh -huh. and um, she had actually sobered up in Japan but anyway um, it took a while it took me about two months to stop drinking yeah um, if there was no zap yeah there was right. no Sometimes. zap and we would go to mm -hmm. meetings and she told me she says I thought we were gonna have to put you in a rehab mm. but God got a hold of me, hmm. and Jesus got a hold of me. Yeah, he did. And um, part of the 12 steps are what you're talking about now with live no lives. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's, it's going through and looking at the garbage. Yeah. Let's get really honest about Let's, what's real and what's true and, and what's it, not. And it's not just looking at it, but coming to that place where 
having to lay it out to somebody else mm-hmm. and lay it out to God. Yeah, that's right. And let him, I can't fix it, he mm-hmm. can. Yeah. Oh, confession is so important that we, mm-hmm. that we get honest and we break the power of the secret. Like, so what's really pivotal in this story, I mean, yes, the Lord walked with you through this process, but what's really the, the turning point is when you said, okay, this is a problem, I need to do something, you went and told someone. And that led to all these things. These happens. This happens. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was God's God's divine hand ordering your steps and protecting mm-hmm. you. And he made he made sure that there were people around you. And that community is so important, especially when you're trying to overcome an addiction. So many people try to go it alone, and it just doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. It just doesn't work like that. And I yeah. I tried the Catholic Church. I tried to go back to the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and. I tell people now that I'm a recovering Catholic. <laughs> I know a few other, a few of those. <laughs> um, and I could deal with Jesus just fine. I didn't have a problem dealing with Jesus, but I couldn't deal with God the Father because the Father was on that. And mm. I related God the Father to my Father. Oh, I see. Those are tough connections. And mm-hmm. and walking through that, um, and it again, it's taken years. This mm-hmm. isn't mm-hmm. this isn't something that happened overnight. Right. But and I, it sounds crazy. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. But um, I was praying one day, and I was talking to Jesus, and. I had already told him how I felt about Father and God the Father. Yeah. And he took me into the throne room. Yeah. And I was trying to hide behind him. And mm. and he introduced me to God the Father. Yeah. And he picked me up mm. and sat me on his lap hmm. and said, I've been waiting so long. Oh, yeah. And... I truly believe that that was the turning, absolute turning point of my life. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, sobering up, yes. Um, the things that I've dealt with and looked at. Uh-huh. Um, and he's shown me that I'm an intercessor. Mm-hmm. And I have Thank people God. who come to mind <laughs> mm-hmm. that I pray for and don't know why yeah and all of a sudden i found out find out why and it's like whoa Mm -hmm. um so i that story parts of it it, i'm struck again and again it just sounds like kindness and just how kind of the lord for you for you to be able to experience a, a good heavenly father and to experience him as a child uh with you in a childlike way going into the arms of the father it's just Every, every time I hear these encounters that people experience with the Lord, I, every time it just sounds like, that sounds like the kindness of the Lord. Just, I'm so incredibly kind. Um, and then I want to just, I want to ask you a follow-up because sure. you, you talked about that calling to be an intercessor. And this is something on my to teach about list, which is about 100 miles long, by the way. But I'm, I'm eager to teach on that subject because a lot of people have that gift, don't know what to do with it. And they find themselves carrying massive burdens and they don't know why. 
Um, so could you, for a minute, talk about what it's like to have the gift of intercession, um, how you know when you're being called to prayer, how God's speaking to you? What's that look like for you, Phyllis? Um, had a brain freeze here. The one who teaches apologetics. Uh, Anna Kitko. Anna Kitko. Yeah. She, I, I came to one and she was talking about, um, I I'm, I'm not even sure what she was talking about, to, mm -hmm. to be totally honest with you. But for three days, I had had this intense, this young man's name came to mind. Okay. And it's yeah. someone that I hadn't seen or talked to in 25 years. Mm -hmm. And um, he came to mind and I started to pray and it was, it was intense. Mm -hmm. It was, I didn't know why. I had no idea why. Mm -hmm. It was just pray. Yeah. And um, for three days this went on. Wow. And then I came to, and after the service, I went up and even mentioned it to Anna. Uh -huh. And I said, it's so powerful. It's so strong. Yeah. And I said, I, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, you're doing it. You're doing it. That's exactly You're praying. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess it was a week later. I finally called his mother mm -hmm. and said, is there something going on with Jason? Mm -hmm. And she said, no, not that I know of. Mm. Well, he has a drinking problem and he's kind of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's my answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've sat in church and people have come in and there is just such a strong... Um, like a compulsion a, to a pray compulsion for them. A compulsion to desire. pray for yeah. them. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I don't know why. Yeah. But it is so strong that I can't, I can't walk away from it. Yeah, that's so I can't good. ignore it. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. Uh, we didn't discuss, I had no idea we would talk about this, Phyllis, but I'm so glad you did. I have no doubt whatsoever, there's a number of people in our church who have experienced that again and again, and they don't know what to do with it. Or they wake up in the middle of the night, and they are burdened for someone or for some reality, something that, and it's, and it's intense, and it's heavy. And it feels, sometimes it's, people can be really confusing because it can be scary, or it can feel um, like a punishment, or like, did I do something wrong? And in many cases, that's simply the Lord giving you a burden to pray and to pray with intensity and to pray with, with fervency and urgency, like that sense of urgency is, I think, the Spirit of God saying, enter in, enter in. And, and I think it's the Spirit of God pressing us into service. And there's a lot of people who I think say no, but with, simply because they don't realize that's what the Lord is inviting them into, is to intercede. And I, I've, I know lots of folks who have experienced that, but I also know stories of people whose lives were turned around and then they found out that there was a person or even a group of people who had been interceding for them like for this stretch of time that ended up being this, you know, this pivotal moment or the, you know, a breakthrough moment. Mm -hmm. um, it's such a powerful gift, but it's a real burden because you don't always know what it is. And sometimes you get to know the story and sometimes you don't. And that's where your faith has to kick in and say, I'm going to be faithful and one day we'll get, I'll know the whole story and we'll, we'll know the power of what this was about and we'll get to celebrate. But in the meantime, 
the answer is always prayer. Intercede, intercede. So I'm so glad you do that. God seems to like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, something about it. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's something about it. I've been woken up many a times at two o'clock in the morning and mm-hmm. just prayed. Yeah. And and my son was overseas in the desert, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I was on my face praying for him, mm-hmm. um, not knowing why. Yeah. But yeah, that's right. My uh, my mom is an intercessor. And uh, I have no, I don't have a verse for this at all, but I just think one day I'm going to be handed a list of all the things that I was rescued from or that were in ways in which my course was corrected because my mom was on her knees before the Lord and I didn't have a clue. Um, Just ignorantly making my way, stumbling my way around and God was directing my path and protecting me in, um, in ways that, you know, I couldn't begin to understand now. I, I really expect that. Um, I'm so thankful that you took some time to share your story. Um, and I'm really excited that your hips are doing so well. Oh, they are. Uh, and the, the, the way that, that instant turnaround. Um, uh, I loved, by the way, in the, after that happened, you, you did. You came running up and told me. And you were beaming um, with joy. And for two or three weeks after that, I don't even know if you know this, uh, I would come up and ask, how are your hips feeling? And it made me so happy because you would answer me by dancing. <laughs> Just dance a little bit. And I'm like, must be doing well. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. God's really good. He is all the time. Amen. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for talking with us, Bill. Oh, thank you for asking me to. All right. All right, well, hey, folks, uh, this is Aaron, and I am here with my bride, Sharon. Hello. And Lily. Hi. Let's do some quick introductions, Sharon. Uh, if people have just been to the church for like a minute, they may not know all the things that you do. You have several roles in the church and beyond. Uh, give us that rundown real quick. Yeah, well, I help, um, you know, sort of lead our church, uh, a lot of leadership stuff, help lead our staff, um, and then I uh, lead our youth ministry, our preteen ministry, um, which I just absolutely love. So it's not something, I, I've been doing it since, I don't know, two years now, but mm-hmm. I did it like a decade ago, and yep. so now it's like full circle, I'm back <laughs> doing youth ministry, and I love it. Yeah, that was like the original calling even, and then... yeah. Then we got into this church planning thing, and then you were running a bunch of moving parts in a growing church, and sure. then it kind of came full circle, and I remember um, it was going to be interim. You were like, hey, yeah. let's, <laughs> we, we needed to sort of fill a, fill a spot, and you said, yeah, I'll jump in and do the youth ministry for like a minute, and then after about two weeks, you're like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. leaving this role. Yeah. <laughs> Just this morning, I was like praying, thanking God. I'm like, it's so cool. It's so full circle that I get to do this again, and he's put me right here, and I love it. I absolutely love students, always have. So I love it. I watched something come alive in you that had been somewhat lying dormant for a bit when you started doing doing youth ministry again that made me really really happy and i'm here with lily too lily tell us about about you who you are what you're into these days yeah so i am a full-time student um i'm full-time a lot of things so i'm a student in Mississippi state um it's a community college down the road in friendsville uh, so I do that. And then I'm also an intern here going Woo-hoo. on go. third semester. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really pumped. Um, and yeah, so I do this. And then I also have some f- side jobs that I barely do anymore now that I work here. 
But and I also work at Eagle Rock. You guys might know that. Um, yeah. It's a camp Christian retreat center at the top of the world community um, up in the mountains, deep in the mountains. Um, so I worked there over the summer. So I kind of left here for a bit. Very sad. Um, and now I'm back. And now I just volunteer up there. And that's pretty much all the three things in my life that's big. Cool. So. We're celebrating that you're back. Yay. We missed you over the summer. You want to hear something so cool? Yeah. Is she got one week of a vacation <laughs> at Eagle Rock. They give you one week off. And she chose to spend that week attending Eagle Rock with our youth group. Oh, that's the best group. week ever. <laughs> that was the yeah. best. It was like, awesome. wow, that is some commitment right there. That is, that is impressive. And so specifically, your internship is focused on our youth ministry. Yes, youth and preteen. It's kind of right like on. half and half, yeah. And that's what we're focusing on here for the next few minutes of chat. Why don't you guys uh, tell us what, what's a typical youth group look like? I mean, if, you're, if you've been to any of our Wednesday night classes as an adult, then you know that it's loud. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, it's really, really loud. And it's like a hurricane of joy and weirdness. But yeah. Um, yeah. that's all we know. Tell us more. Yeah, well, at 6.30 now, we have opened the church a half hour early because kids just can't get enough of each other. Yeah. So they just want to come and hang out. And uh, so we're like, okay, 6.30 to 7 is just hangout time for anyone who wants to come early. And then um, from 7 o'clock, the kids uh, all come into the sanctuary and they go right into their small groups, which is divided by um, its grade or some of our grades are so big. We have like boys, boys sixth girls, grade, yeah. yeah, girls, sixth grade, boys, seventh grade. So we have eight small groups. Um, um, that all have about 10 to 15 kids in them. Um, so it's just been, it's, it's been, it's been growing and it's loud. Then we usually play a game together or a couple games right now. We're playing a meme game or a caption this game where kids are sending in their own very funny photos and we get to caption that and they love that. Um, yeah. And then we go into big game stuff and we have a message and then we go into like real small group time. Um, and it's been, it's, it's been really powerful. We try to tie it all in with a theme, and yeah. it's good. It's been really good going. Yeah. It's a lot of momentum right now, which is exciting. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, um, Sharon, you mentioned that Lily took her one week off this summer to go to our youth camp, which is also at Ego Rock, yeah. which is where she was working. Also very cool. Um, tell us about how camp went. Oh, gosh. It was also amazing. Um, yeah. I don't know. God works at camp all the time, but I just feel like, well, the last two years I've been a leader. So I've really seen like, um, from the leader perspective, how God's moved. Um, I told, I was talking to Sharon like yesterday or two days ago, I don't know when, but I was explaining as last year, like there was just like a cover of unity among our youth group and what, like that's what happened at camp. Um, and it was just like super unity, like sixth graders praying with 12th graders. Like it was just like, there was no like grades or clicks or anything. It was just like, there was like, it was just a youth group and it was really awesome. And then this year um, was also just so amazing. Um, God never fails. It's crazy. Well, not crazy, but it is crazy. Um, but I just saw like huge breakthrough with like each individual student and just like breakthrough of like just they like seemed timid to like let the Holy Spirit either move or just like let the Holy Spirit work through them. And that was just like, it just seemed like that, that cover was just broken and they were mm -hmm. like, 
it, it was awesome. It was just mm-hmm. a lot of ministry and just, it's like every night was ministry. And I don't know if you like, you're familiar with like camp ministry night. Like it's just one night at camp, but every night was like, that was crazy. Yeah. So. That was what was huge is, you know, the first year we did the camp, it was definitely like that last ministry night mm-hmm. and there's so much happening and it was just so uh, many kids experiencing salvation and the Holy yeah. Spirit. And it was really, really powerful. And then this year at camp, we were trying to like, make sure that kids knew this wasn't just a formula. And so we were like trying on purpose not to run that same Mm -hmm. play in a sense. And wasn't it the first night that like, it was like the first night and we were like, oh, okay, Holy Spirit, let's go. Yeah, 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 night one, the kids were just breaking out in prayer and praying for each other. They were so fired up before they even went. Yeah, they were. They didn't have that last year. Last year they didn't, they were nervous. They didn't know what they were stepping into. This year they were like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, it was incredible. And and then I was kind of glad, this sounds terrible, but I was almost glad there wasn't as many salvations <laughs> because last year you want to explain so- that Sharon? <laughs> last year there were so many kids and they met jesus and they got saved and then this year there was only a handful but that's so good because that's not every kid just getting resaved at camp every year like yeah. they really really did get saved the year before they really have been walking with jesus and so it was just it was fun to see so much spiritual growth yeah. And these kids, they weren't just, you know, again, we, they weren't following yeah. uh, a formula, saying yes the last night, all that stuff. I mean, they were growing in Christ. They were praying for one another. They were leaning into the Holy Spirit. Um, so it, it and and then you see it come um, down the mountain too. Yeah. Lily, weren't yeah. you just saying that? No, yeah, I was just saying like I working at camp. I see all these kids like come up here, like either get resaved or get saved, which is amazing either way. Um, but then they come up the next year and they're mm-hmm. like, I, I think I'm ready to like commit my life back. I'm like. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What happened um, in the yeah, intervening Yeah, what happened in the year? Weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, so, but it's always awesome when they come back and they just, like, accept Jesus again. Um, but I, like, one of my favorite things about interning during the, like, fall and spring was seeing them last year, like, come off the mountain um, mm. and, like, continue to do or continue to put into practice what they learned. Um, yeah. And it was just amazing because they, like, never really, I mean— they never really went downhill, you know, mm-hmm. they just kept a constant like, hey, the, Jesus is in me and like, this is what we're going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was amazing. But yeah, it's been good. Yeah. One of my favorite days of camp this summer was we added a service day yes. um, because I wanted them to get some, you know, just serving some missions type in them, you know, where they understand that um, following Jesus is about serving God. And it's such a big part of experiencing God too. Yeah, um, this is, I mean, Youth camp is sort of, pardon the pun because it's on a mountain, but it's a mountaintop experience. Right. But like actually serving others and pouring yourself out is actually critical to even to the experiential side, not just the formational side, but the experiential side. Yeah. I mean, the whole theme was upside down kingdom. And so we were trying to explain that and also live it. And so we added a serve day where we got to serve Eagle Rock. And of course they prepared for us to serve them, which was amazing, but they really did. We had projects everywhere, and um, and that morning the kids we had we do a spiritual formation practice every morning with the students, and we had the kids all just be on their knees, and really with that that um, just remembering that we. Um, like we exist to serve God. God does not exist to serve us. Yeah. And so, and, and that's just a, such an important thing to keep in mind for all of our days. Cause then it's like, Oh no, no, wait a minute. Like I exist to serve you Lord in every aspect of my life. And, and so we started the days on our knees like that and the kids went to serve and they all talked about how that was like the best day. Yeah. They loved it so much. They cheered each other on. Um, and so of course we say, okay, that's fun at camp, but now we'll go do this 
in your mm-hmm. home. Like, I'm like, I'm always saying, what would it look like if you got up and did the dishes? You know, how would that change your home? No, <laughs> I am your a mom, mom and <laughs> I, maybe I'm being selfish asking for dishes. No, but it was, um, but I just think they're getting it a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's harder. Yeah. Let's and do I that. saw it like, I saw it throughout the week too. Like little like moments of like pockets of serving each other. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was really great. Yeah. They were just like, can I like get you something to drink? And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was awesome. Doing it at home is hard but you look around the church like we've got teenagers and <laughs> students serving everywhere like the yeah. percentage of students who serve is probably higher than the percentage of adults <laughs> oh. who serve um yeah throw that Yikes. out there called That's out pretty, yeah, yeah. but yeah you, you peek into a kid's room and all these kids are serving and we yeah. have to sometimes cut off the teenagers because we're like oh we have too many teenagers <laughs> serving in this room and that what a great problem yeah. yeah that sounds consistent with what i heard honestly coming back from the kids i kept hearing the kids saying uh, this is the best week of my life. And then I would be like, all right, you know, dial it down a bit. And mm-hmm. then they would look at me and go, no, it was the best week of my life. Like, yeah. I heard that again and again. And what I, but what I heard from the parents was, or, or from, pardon me, the, the volunteers and the, the different parts of the team who went, other adults who were there, was I can't believe how much these kids have grown in one year. Yeah. yeah. Which was really yeah. encouraging. And that's why it's so important to have those spiritual markers too. Yeah. And then, and it's good because they'll, they'll have this marker like, Oh, I, I remember camp first year, camp second year camp. And it's like, you're really you, even, they're even seeing their own growth, yeah. which is like super encouraging. Yeah. You know, um, we will talk about, we added one, um, very important game at camp this okay. year. And it's like, it has to be repeated. It was like, seriously the most entertaining couple hours of my entire life is we added a lip sync battle oh yeah I heard yeah that was good this. and I'm sure <laughs> you've heard about it I, I don't it was literally yeah. off the cuff like yeah. I'm a planner that was added yeah. and it was uh, I think it was just the Holy Spirit yeah because it was about the most fun I've ever had in my life yeah we see it oh, a man. lot but I was like Sharon we need to like I our kids would thrive in this yes. and I'm so glad we did kids it. it was coming amazing. out of their shells yeah I mean no, it was literally. just pure joy Team bonding pure joy what's yeah. better nothing so youth camp was amazing and now we're kind of back into the school years just started so we're moving into the fall even though it's miserably hot outside it's the fall because school has started so uh, as you look ahead to the fall what are you guys most excited about most hopeful for shoot um gosh I think it's just it circles like all the way back to I'm just ready to see them like go back to normal life and grow even more you know coming back from camp um yeah, just doing a, like another repeat of last school year. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that they've grown so much that they're like, they've always been ready, but like I think that I'm really seeing them like ready to go into their school and make like disciples and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and make connections, um, which I'm really excited for because mm-hmm. they're like kind of maturing. They're like all getting older. So I'm like, whoa. whoa. But <laughs> yeah, we always say that our, our youth group is, exists to help you know God and make him known. Um, and so we're constantly trying to help the kids, like really know God, really make him known. Um, we are, uh, right now we're doing the Live No Lies series, just like yeah. uh, with the rest of the church, because um, it's been really powerful. It's yeah. been very powerful with these students. Um, so we're in week two, so we've got two more weeks with that. We're going to do... Um, four weeks on what we're calling mood. Uh, but we're going to have some professionals come in and talk about anxiety and depression. Um, oh, good. We're really excited about that. Yeah. We've got, um, and then other people come in to share their testimonies with that. Um, yeah. So that's going to be really good. We did a Q&A last, um, last spring and a lot of students were asking about that. And we're mm-hmm. like, you know what? Okay, we're going we're gonna to yeah. address that um, biblically and we're going to address mm-hmm. that even, um, yeah, just all their questions. I mean, 
we're going to hand, give handouts, give a lot of good information and have more, you know, Q&A time. Then we're doing um, a series called Invested, which is um, helping the students be really invested in the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. onward for your kingdom, um, just like our whole church is going to be. Yeah. Uh, then we're moving into something called Grateful and then, of course, Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. But it's going to be it's going to be good. We uh, we keep growing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think we have 70 students coming right now. And of course, that's not everybody. That's just everyone who yeah. comes in one night. Of course. Um, yeah. So 70 students we're having on October 30th, the day before Halloween. Yes. We're doing flannels and flapjacks. Yep. A uh, huge kind of hoedown party. A uh, lot of so pancakes. And, and Lily, uh, why don't you tell us what you're going to be doing? Um, we're going to be doing some line dancing. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm really excited. that, Lily? Um, I am. Woo-hoo. Lily Johnson. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, mark it on your calendars. I'll be there. You should too. Um no, yeah, it's gonna be a blast. I love dancing. It's like my top skill. So <laughs> I'm sure you'll see a lot of pictures yes. uh, from that event. It'll be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have both referenced preteen. Um, and that's maybe different language, especially if you're new to the church. So why don't you explain how that works, you know, as if I've never heard it before. Okay, well, our preteen ministry is for fourth and fifth grade students and sometimes sixth grade. So that's what gets a little complicated. Um, It's fourth and fifth and um, sixth. And it's because basically by the time you're in fourth grade, you uh, are a little bit over kids church. Mm -hmm. um, And you feel like you're ready more for a youth group experience, something Mm -hmm. that's a little bit more relational. And a little bit, you, you want to feel older, you want to do what the older kids are doing. And so we kind of call it our mini youth group on okay. Sunday mornings. And so it's kind of like youth group before youth group. And it gives students, um, yeah, a picture of what youth group yeah, is like. It's kind of like a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then a lot of our youth volunteers are the ones who teach that class. Yeah. And so it bridges that gap because it can be a huge leap for a student to go to a Wednesday night. And so, but when they already know a lot of the leaders and they already have made relationships with the kids, then they go. So it's a lot less scary when you're familiar faces, you're going to walk in and see. We try to, so we do some events too with the preteens because again, they're ready. And so we just did like a, um, a back to pool party with them. And that was a huge hit. The next day they were all like, that was the best night of my life. It's so sweet. Um, (laughs) and then we'll do even a retreat with them where it's just, maybe they're not ready for a youth camp. That's four Mm -hmm. nights, but a retreat is just two nights. It's local. So Sharon, is that just for kids to be able to adjust the idea? of youth camp or is that also for parents to begin to adjust <laughs> hey, to the idea hey now it is it is for both yeah. and the reason we do both of them locally is also probably more for the parents yeah. than the kids uh-huh. <laughs> the parents yeah. like to know they're not that far away um, yeah so and also here's the deal i've just been so encouraged because all the stuff we're doing for preteen is absolutely working because we just had our biggest group of sixth graders come in. I mean, from night one this year um, at youth group, we had a a sixth grade small group of 25 students. Yeah, wow. that was crazy. That was, I mean, that's 25 brave yeah. people mm-hmm. to like come and be ready and dive in. But that's in. preteen working. That's yeah. preteen working. Yeah. It's preteen working, it's magic. Yeah, I remember when I left before the summer, I was like, I better see all of you at youth group. And they were like, we get to go to youth group? I was like, you get to <laughs> go, go to youth group. So they were like really, really pumped. And then I came back and I was like, 
uh, what are you guys doing here? Because <laughs> I was like, you were in preteen, but yep. no, they're they're yep. up there. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Taking the leap. Yep. It's exciting, guys. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of good stuff going on. It's been it's been exciting to watch, even a little bit from a distance. And I have a couple kids who are of that age, <laughs> and it's so far. I'm so excited to see them. Um, just so fired up to go. Like Wednesday's their favorite day of the week because that's youth group and. Um, they talk about it leading up to it. They I, they explode with stories every day when they come when they come back from youth group. So it's it's really cool the way things are are going. Anything else we need to know about? Or presumably there's people here who care about our our, our students. Anything we can be praying about? What else can we? Yeah, I guess the only thing that we haven't mentioned yet is that um, we have D group starting. Oh, yeah. uh, starting really soon and it's at my house but lily is leading it sunday nights sunday so night. what's d group so d group yeah. stands for discipleship group and so it's just that if you want something a little bit more a little bit deeper yeah. you, we get to build a little bit stronger relationships more conversation. with people yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's at our house we have you know a basement and a game room and basketball outside and so kind of hang out and then lily's leading them in a bible study mm-hmm. and uh so that's that's at our house at 6 30 to 8 on sunday nights and yeah. um and i send a youth email to parents and students every single Tuesday and Uh it helps everyone know exactly what's going on all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you don't get that email by any chance, you just let me know and I'll put you on my list. Yep, Sharon at vineyardchurch.us, right? That's right. And then uh, we'll get you on that list if you're not already. Well, thanks so much for um, coming and let us know what's going on with youth group, guys. Yay. Yeah, anytime. All right. You're welcome. (laughs)